morning. Welcome to the Village Church, where our mission is to know Jesus, enjoy Jesus, and glorify Jesus. Our vision is broken people coming together to glorify and embrace, to embrace and extend Jesus' love. Scanning the QR code located on the front of your worship guide allows you to connect to all online information about our church, um, the giving and tithes of offerings, along with our social media platforms all in one place. Guests, um, please be sure to click on the menu item for first-time guests to fill out a form there. At the Village Church, we believe that the giving of tithes and offerings is an act of worship. Um, you may give to the vision and mission of the church online, or you may mail a check to our address, which is 2103 Virginia Boulevard, Huntsville 35811. Or after the service, you can drop your offering off in the designated area in the back of the sanctuary. We welcome Amos Williams, uh, pastor of Hope City Church, uh, to our pulpit today. Uh, be sure to greet him after the service. Um, today, after worship, the Goodson Village Group will be meeting in the church house for um, Village Group. And this week, our women's ministry summer socials will continue uh, this Wednesday, July 26th at 6 p.m. Susan and Grace are hosting dinner at Papo's Pizzeria, so be sure to join us there. Um, we still have a couple weeks left um, that need hosts. If you'd like to host one before the end of the summer, um, there's a sign-up that we can send out um, for more information there. Thursday, July 27th at 7 a.m., the Shipman's Men Group will be meeting at Just Love Coffee. Um, at 5 p.m., the Goodson Men's Group will meet, be meeting at the Church House. And then Friday, 20, July 28th at 6.30 a.m., the O'Neill Men's Group will be meeting at Bridge Street Panera. Um, also, please see the back of your worship guide for information about our upcoming Sunday equipping classes. And these are the announcements. Govern yourselves accordingly. morning. One of the um, beautiful things about our Father is He is always waiting with open arms and doesn't push anyone away. He welcomes us all, and no matter what we have going on, if we think that, you know, I'm too much, we're never too much for the Lord. Um, <laughs> We're never too much for him. No matter what we have going on, no matter what our heavy is, it's never too much for him. So um, join with me if you're familiar with this song. Uh, for those who are familiar, sing out loud. If you're not, um, that's okay. Jump in when you can. But for all of us, uh, let this just be a song of invitation as we prepare our hearts for worship to come no matter what we have going on. Let's try. 
if you would please stand for our call to worship it is taken from psalm 66 verses 1 through 5 please join with me where it notes people shout for joy to god all the earth sing the glory of his name give his glorious give to him glorious praise say to god how awesome are your deeds so great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you all the earth worships you and sings praises to you they sing praises to your name come and see what god has done he is awesome in his deeds toward the children of man amen You're the love. 
praise this morning, for he is worthy of all of our praise. Amen? You may be seated. Good morning, everybody. You're all looking beautiful this morning, as usual. Um, Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, you are our God. We seek you earnestly. Our soul thirsts for you. Our flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Thus, we have seen you in this sanctuary, your power and your glory. Your loving kindness is better than life, and our lips will praise you. So we will bless you as long as we live. We will lift up our hands in your name. Our mouths offer praises with joyful lips. In the shadow of your wings, we sing for joy. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we waited for you, and you inclined to us and heard our cry. You brought us up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, set our feet upon a rock making our footsteps firm. You put a new song in our mouth, O Lord, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and trust in you, Lord. O Lord, we love you. We need you. You breathe the very life into us, and you are our daily bread. Apart from you, we can do nothing. But through you, we can do all things. It strengthens us. Draw us to yourself. Give us the confidence we need to enter into the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil, which is flesh. Oh, God, help us to fix our eyes on Jesus at every moment of the day, laying aside all these encumbrances and sin that entangles us and drawing close to you. God, I do pray for Pastor Alex as he is on his vacation. Give him rest, give him peace, and draw him into your presence. And I pray for Pastor Amos as he comes to give us the word that you've given him. May he be able to step aside and let your spirit flow through him to us. These things we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, Let's uh, stand for the confession of faith. I will ask the question, and you will give me the answer. This is from the Westminster Shorter Catechism, question two. 
What rule has God given to direct us how to glorify and enjoy him? The word of Please remain standing if you are able.
right, so uh, don't adjust your eyes. It's me again, back at it, like I never left. Happy to be with y'all this morning again. Uh, my name is Amos. I am uh, technically still one of the staff pastors here at the Village Church, and you all have the wonderful privilege of sending me out to plant a church in Madison. And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So thankful to be here with you all today and uh, thankful to be able to bring God's word to you all again. Um, I'm starting to sound better also. My uh, nasal passages are starting to clear up, so I thank y'all for your prayers and all of that. And um, yeah, again, excited to be here this morning. If you've got your Bibles or your Bible apps, or if you're just brilliant at scripture memory, today we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Again, that's Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. It's a very familiar passage of scripture. Still hear a few pages turning. right no pages turning so this is God's word please listen carefully finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers against authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that my words may be given to me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I echo the words of Paul here. Give me boldness to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am too an ambassador in chains. And so, Father, in this moment, I, I pray that you would speak. Speak, Lord, in the name of the Father, the 
Son, and the Holy Spirit, I do pray. Amen. So if you've known me for any matter of time, then you know that I like boxing. Uh, So yes, I'm about to use another boxing analogy. And so I love boxing. I love to watch boxing. I love to box. I even boxed back in my uh, heyday. You probably couldn't tell by my physique now, but uh, I used to be be pretty good. And one of the inevitable realities of boxing is that when you box, you are going to get hit. It's true. If you box, you're going to get hit. Uh, But... If you've boxed for any number of years, or even if you've just sparred a little bit, um, you've come to kind of get used to taking punches. And so your body um, adjusts to the trauma of taking punches. And so essentially, a punch that would probably put a non-boxer's lights out becomes not even painful for an experienced boxer. But it's the punches that you don't see coming. Those are the ones that get you. It's the ones that you don't see that will put you on your behind. And so in our text for today, the Apostle Paul uses wartime language to describe the Christian battle against an ever-present but invisible enemy. In this text, we find what some Christians refer to as spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is the constant struggle between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. It is a constant struggle against a powerful always present but invisible enemy. Spiritual warfare never ends. It's happening all the time. Even right now, there is a spiritual battle happening. Although we are in this sacred space, lifting up the name of Jesus, we would be foolish to think that the world, the flesh, and the devil have taken a break. Some of you are probably fighting a spiritual battle to pay attention right now. Some of you may have even faced spiritual attacks this morning as you were trying to get your children out of the door. Spiritual attacks that try to prevent you from making it to the gathering of the saints. Now, sometimes it's coincidental when those types of things happen when those situations arise, but sometimes it's not so coincidental. It could actually be spiritual warfare. Now, I do want to always caution people, don't use the reality of spiritual warfare as an excuse to blame everything on the devil, because everything isn't the devil's fault. But our text today is going to show that the devil is always scheming against the people of God. John chapter 10, verse 10 tells us that the thief comes only to steal, kill, 
and destroyed. But my brothers and sisters, I have good news for you today because the Lord Jesus tells us that he came that we may have life and have it to the full. Or as the King James Version says, life more abundantly. So although spiritual warfare is a constant reality for the believer, the good news is that spiritual warfare, the fight that we engage in, is a fixed fight. God doesn't fight fair when it comes to his children. He's worse, more terrible than any mama bear could ever be. He doesn't fight fair when it comes to his children because God has already secured victory for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. The war is already won. So since God has secured victory over the enemy, we are called to stand against our enemy by the power of the Spirit. I'm in verses 10 and 11. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, in the last two and a half chapters of the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul has been instructing the Ephesian believers concerning how they should live in community with one another. And Paul rooted their identity in Christ in the first three chapters. And in chapter four, he begins instructing them how they should live in light of their calling as united sons and daughters of the Lord Jesus Christ. As people who are united by Christ, they must submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Our passage begins the final thought, the final exhortation of Paul's epistle to the church at Ephesus. Paul's exhortation to be strong in verse 10 can be understood as being continuously strengthened by the Lord. Because the strength to which Paul refers does not come from within. It is a passive strength that comes from God Almighty. Paul understands that the Ephesians, the Ephesians will have no success with this final exhortation that he is giving them if they try to accomplish it on their own, if they try to do it by their own strength. So Paul is preempting, preempting the human inclination to try to solve problems, even spiritual problems, with our own power and our own intellect. My brothers and sisters, let me make something very clear to you. Our adversary, the devil, is a supernatural being who has been around for a long time. He was there in the garden, and so he's been around the block a few times. So my brothers and sisters, don't get it twisted. Just because you're highly educated, just because you've read a few books, and you've lived 30, 40, 50, 60 years, don't think that you're intelligent enough to outsmart the devil on your own. If you believe that, help you. And may God have mercy on you because we need something more than our brains. We need 
something more than our brawn when we are engaged in spiritual warfare, which is why the Apostle Paul tells us to put on the whole armor of God. Because our adversary is a master deceiver. John 8 verse 44 tells us that the devil is a liar and he is the father of lies. That means he's the originator of lies. So the devil has had plenty of time to develop his schemes, his deception, his manipulation. So you and I, we need supernatural protection when Satan comes against us. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how much money you make or who your earthly parents are. What matters is that you are spiritually equipped to stand against the devil's scheme. Now, I get excited about the armor of God. I, I really do. Um, it's verses uh, 10 and 11, they, they, they want to make me shout because these verses show us that we are in a position of strength as the people of God. We have a strategic advantage. In the words of Sun Tzu, we have the high ground on the battlefield and we can see everything that's coming. And the first way that the people of God have an advantage is because we have better weaponry. I think a lot of people think of the armor of God as godly armor. That's an okay way to think about it. But some people believe that uh, these are just simple principles to live by. Uh, but our text today is communicating something much more powerful, something much more profound than that. The text is uh, communicating something very specific, and I'm going to try to uh, do my best to convey what this armor of God actually is. The armor of God is literally God's armor. It's not just armor from God. It is armor that belongs to God, which he bestows on, upon us. Now, the Apostle Paul, he didn't just pull this concept of the armor of God out of thin air. It's not simply metaphorical. Calling it the armor of God seems like a crafty way of talking about the spiritual disciplines, but the armor of God is actually found in the book of Isaiah. And my brothers and sisters, read your Bibles. And don't sleep on the book of Isaiah because... It's integral for the, the Christian faith. Uh, that's an aside. But in, in, the, in the book of Isaiah, the armor of God is the armor that literally belongs to God, to Yahweh and the Messiah. In Isaiah, it's not the people of God who are wearing the armor, but it's Yahweh and the Messiah who have on the armor. In Isaiah 59, 17, the armor of God represents God's supernatural power and authority to subdue his enemies at will. What Paul has in mind here when he says put on the full armor of God is God's children being bestowed with God's supernatural authority. When we put on the full armor of God, we are putting on the authority of God. Now, the second way that the believer is in a position of strength is because we're fighting the fight on our own terms. 
The terms of the battle are dictated by God. And God has already secured victory in Christ, so there is nothing that can happen if God doesn't allow it to happen. So the Apostle Paul calls us to stand against the schemes of the devil. Paul envisions the church standing against an enemy on territory that already belongs to us. We're not going to battle for something that we want. We are defending what already belongs to us, what already belongs to us, which is our place in the kingdom of God. So Paul's exhortation to put on the full armor of God in verse 11 prepares us for what's coming in verse 12. Just because spiritual warfare is a fixed fight doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Spiritual warfare is kind of like the WWE or the WCW, WWF. That's what it was called when I was a kid. The the Undertaker, who's a wrestler in the WWE, he was once asked if wrestling was real. And his reply was, it hurts like it's real. So even though we already know the outcome, just like the wrestlers in the WWE, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have to go through something. I'm in verse number 12. For we wrestle, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. The reason we need the armor of God is because, again, we struggle with an invisible supernatural, spiritual enemy. Although the devil and his fallen angels have lost the war, they still make an effort to attack every believer. The Apostle Paul talks about cosmic powers that we cannot see with our natural eye, but that are always present. The the point the Apostle Paul is making here is that natural means won't help us in this battle because our enemy is a supernatural power. Here's the mistake that Paul is warning us against. And my brothers and sisters, don't misunderstand and forget that we are engaged in spiritual warfare and then we sometimes resort to natural means to stand against the devil. Now, if we use natural means to fight a spiritual battle, my brothers and sisters, we're going to lose every time. The adage is, or adage, I still don't know how to pronounce that word, is don't bring a knife to a gunfight. So why would we, as the children of God, put down the spiritual bazooka and result to our fallen strength and intellect. Because we really think we're that smart. We really do. But God is warning us to use the advantage that he's given us. Because our enemy is strong. But he's already defeated. So we can use what the Lord God has given us to stand victorious. 
And in the next five verses, the Apostle Paul enumerates and describes this armor of God. I'm in verse number 13, and I'll read through 17. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm, excuse me, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Again, brothers and sisters, because we are doing spiritual warfare, we need the full, the whole armor of God. Each piece of God's armor works in tandem with the other pieces. Paul is painting a picture that with the full armor of God equipped, almost every vital organ is protected. If one piece is missing, it leaves you vulnerable to a spiritual attack. So the Apostle Paul tells us again to have on the whole armor of God. The belt of truth holds the armor together. The Christian life my brothers and sisters, is held together by truth. It is what supports us as we wrestle against our invisible enemy. The breastplate of righteousness is God's righteousness that is working on our behalf. Because, our, my brothers and sisters, again, our righteousness is not enough. So we have the righteousness of Christ, which protects us against the devil's attack. We are prepared at all times to stand firm against the attacks, the attacks of the enemy because we have our gospel shoes on, gospel shoes. One day, if you remember, just go to YouTube, Google, and Google gospel shoes and just listen to everything that comes up. That's an aside, but anyway, gospel shoes. But we have our gospel shoes on. The text in the Greek says that our feet are bound with the gospel of peace. The gospel is what we stand on when the enemy comes against us with his schemes. The text says at all times, in other words, most importantly, take up the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the word and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, in ancient times, enemies would shoot arrows that were set on fire to cause extra damage. In order to counter this, soldiers would dip their shields in water and other liquids to extinguish the fiery darts of their enemies. So God is saying to us in our text that the shield of faith will put out any and all of the fiery attacks from the devil. The helmet is the assurance of salvation that we have from God. Salvation in this context has a double meaning. It points to our final salvation that we have as the people of God by the blood of Jesus Christ, but it also means assurance that God can deliver us from the schemes and the attacks of our enemies. 
the sword of the spirit is the proclamation of the word of God. The proclamation of the gospel is both an offensive and defensive weapon in spiritual warfare. And all the armor works together to ensure that we as believers are victorious when we wrestle with our supernatural enemy. But in verses 12 through 20, Paul talks about something that is vitally important. It is not listed as a part of the armor of God, but it supports us as we engage in spiritual warfare. Excuse me, I said verses 12 through 20, I meant 18 through 20, because I'm not going to go back (laughs) going forward. Verse number 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me through opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Paul finishes his final exhortation to the Ephesian church by calling them to prayer. Prayer in the spirit is what will help us to persevere as we stand against the spiritual attacks of the devil. Praying in the spirit is prayer that is agreeable to God's will. The Apostle Paul mentions two kinds of prayer. The first is a general kind of prayer. And the second are prayers of supplication. So, my brothers and sisters, as the body of Christ, we should be praying at all times for ourselves and for one another. We should pray generally, but we should also pray big, specific prayers. Prayers that we can't bring to pass by our own strength. We serve a big God. He's not afraid of your big prayers. So Paul uses himself as the case study in the last two verses because he requests prayer from the Ephesian church so that he would have the strength to stand against the devil when he opens up his mouth to proclaim the gospel. And my brothers and sisters, that should be our prayer as well. We should pray that we have the strength in our daily lives to boldly proclaim the gospel in a broken and dying world. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I again want to echo the words of Paul as I pray for my brothers and sisters. Pray that you would strengthen them to equip the full armor of God and that they would be able to boldly proclaim the truth of your gospel and to live boldly in light of the truth of your gospel. Help us to not be afraid to live in a real world that's broken.
broken? Or we live in a world where we can be the beacon of hope. We are your agents of hope. We are Christ's ambassadors. Help us to live in light of that truth and that reality. Lord, I thank you, praise you, give you all glory and all honor. In Jesus' name. Please, if you would, stand with me as we close. being with y'all again um, real quick before <clears throat> I give you all the Lord's benediction uh, please be in prayer for Hope City Church the church that y'all are responsible for planting so that means y'all are responsible for praying for us too uh, we got a lot of things coming up um, potential um, building potential uh, morning worship gatherings we have a gathering tonight that you could pray for just all the things so if you think about me and you think about hope city and you think about my wife and my children please go to the lord in prayer for us all right now receive the lord's benediction to you all his beloved children now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only god our savior through jesus christ our lord 
be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Please greet one another.